What's up, everybody? And thank you for joining us back here in the capital city for another episode of Boots to Balls. We are on the Boot Sports Network, where we are all warmed up and ready to outkick Louisiana sports coverage with you. For all you first-timers out there, thanks for joining us. I am David Storm Manning, PA announcer, game day host for your New Orleans Saints. And joining me, as always, the super fan with the super hair, Donald Dunn. Once again, another interesting week of... One team sports, but the other one, you know, we did okay. There is a lot to talk about this Even week. Even some things to celebrate? Uh, hopefully. hopefully. We could use a few things to celebrate. But, uh, sadly, I feel like while, they're, uh, while we're warming up to some things to celebrate this week, mm, mm. more things uh, not on the celebratory scale. We'll yeah. get into all of those. Before we jump into things, I want to kick it into the comments. You guys, um, if you were with us last week, you might recall... As we went into the, um, the production, uh, yes. the predictions, not productions, the predictions, uh, both you and Brett ended up tying on wow. the Bayou Classic wow. last week. Y'all were both five points off. So we put it out to the listeners and said, uh, do you both get a ding for being five points off or does Brett get the only ding because he actually got part of the score correct? Mm. So we put it out there for you guys to decide Charlotte Hall was the tiebreaker, and because of her vote, you both get the ding. Wow. Y'all are a bunch of communists. I, who y'all? Did you just call our, our viewers and our listeners com- communists? It ain't me. We yes. put it up to a popular vote, and that was the popular choice. You were going to get your ding either way. So, love, and everyone just has a little bit of ding this so, week. So congratulations, and everybody does get a ding this week. How about that? Everybody will get a ding. We're some getting better get, at this. Some will get more than others, but everybody gets a ding this week. We'll get into that when we get into predictions a little bit yep. later on in the show. All right, let's just rip the Band-Aid off. Yep. We're going to start talking about Saints football. Um, hmm. They dropped to 5-7 and seven after losing to the Lions 33-28 to 28 this past weekend. They are now, if you look at uh, some of the websites, they'll tell you yeah. that they're second in the NFC South. Whatever. But they're not. They're, yeah. they're tied with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and by virtue of the tiebreaker, because Tampa Bay beat us pretty badly earlier this season, technically, we're third. Mm. We're tied for third mm. in the division. Uh, Carolina is fourth. We get them this week. Yes. And boy, boy. Oh, this either could not have come at a better time or a worse time. And I'll get into that in just a little bit. Um, before we get into the game last yeah. week, kudos to the Detroit Lions Absolutely. fans. Their faithful showed up. There was more silver and blue in the dome on Sunday than there is on my winter ice-themed Christmas tree right mm. now. I mean, it was. it looked like a home game for the Lions. Yeah. And part of that is... Uh, the Saints fans being unimpressed with the Saints' performance, selling their tickets. Yeah. They don't want to see the games. They're making money by selling the tickets. And who shows up? Visiting fans. Saints fans? Don't you mean fake fans? No. No. I wouldn't I'm not going to go there. Um, But it was was a very, very difficult Sunday in the Dome. Uh, the Saints lost that game in the first seven minutes. Easily. Six minutes and 45 seconds in football time. The Lions went up 21 nothing. 
They are the third team in recorded NFL history to score that many points that fast. They're the first to do it since the 1980s. Love that for Saints. Now, I didn't go into this game with high hopes. They were, I, I picked the, the Lions to win. Yep. I didn't pick the Lions to do that. No, no. That, like, Derek Carr went in there, turnover, first drive. Saints, I mean, Lions go ahead and they score. Mm-hmm. Saints are ineffective. Lions turn around, they score. And again, and it happens, bam, 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 and you just, it's a total knockout blow. Takes the air right out the building. The sad shame of it all, that six minutes and 45 seconds completely determine the outcome of that game. Because if that gets wiped out of the game, the Saints would go on to outplay and outscore the Lions 28-12 to 12 in the yep. remainder of that game. I, and and we would be having a very different conversation. Oh, I agree. If if that were in, indeed the fact, but because the offense couldn't get moving in the first three drives, and the defense couldn't stop them, here we are having the conversation that we're about to have. Um, Derek Carr is injured again. Mm. His rib, his back, his shoulder, and his skull is maybe cracked. All right, that might have been an exaggeration for a cheap Kaya reference. Not yes. all of those injuries are, are official. But uh, he is dealing with a, uh, a shoulder, which they said is checking out and looks okay. Yep. I don't know how. Yeah. I got, I, th- that shoulder Between has that, been injured five times this season. That, the ribs, I mean. His rib. But now he is in concussion protocols for the second time in a month. Yeah. I have concerns yeah. about that. I mean, everybody has concerns about Derek Carr as the quarterback and this, that, and the other. I'm going to take this in a different direction. I have legitimate health concerns for Derek Carr and any player who gets concussed twice in a month. Concussion protocols say you've got to go at least a week to get through the the initial concussion protocols. If the doctors say you're good after a week, you get back in. All right, cool. Now, I'm not a doctor. No. So what, what we say from here on, Please don't take this as, as medical fact. Full opinion. I got to see in biology. Like, really? Yeah. This is all opinion. Yeah. I feel like that just can't be good for the brain. I've, I Like, I, is the brain really, really fully healed and that, in a concussion in a, in a week? That's the weird part with this set of injuries for Derek is that you take a look back to the first one when we go all the way back to Green Bay. Clearly a very rough hit to take. Then you go out to the last concussion where it was clear he was in a much worse injury than the first time. Now, there was no concussion protocol the first time, so we'll assume the head was good then. But still, a very rough slam if any of you remember the hit itself. Now we're going into what we will call a third traumatic injury, third traumatic hit for Derek Carr. Mm -hmm. His body at this point, you have to imagine, you know, be him following the NFL's protocols or not, is at a point where it's almost end of season roughed up. Yeah. To where this is not injuries you heal week to week. This is injuries that you take a month in the Caymans and go to the spa every day 
and completely rejuvenate your body. This is that hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars you hear certain athletes talk about they put into their body. That's how you heal these level of injuries. I'm not an athlete, but that sounds amazing to me. So what are we going to really expect <laughs> the Saints to be able to do, and I'm going to use a term, again, all opinion, in a patchwork job over the course of a week to get somebody who is nearly fracturing bones and having concussions back on the field as it looks like it may be possible with Derek Carr limiting practice today. Well, here's, here's what I, here's the point I would like to make. I feel like concussion protocols need to be reexamined to that point where you said, you know, he's, he's dealing with injuries that like when you get these injuries, those are the type of injuries that like you take a month in the Caymans or what have you to, to recover from. That's kind of like dead on where I wanted to go with that. If you get two concussions, that, that I mean, even a mild concussion is a major injury. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to turn any of our players into poster children for CTE. Yeah. But you can't. I, I would have a very difficult time believing that you're at 100% one week after your second concussion in a month. Uh, to me, I believe that if you get concussed, you go a week. Yeah. Now, I do know that the league stance on concussions is if your symptoms don't improve within a week, then the, the protocols continue until those symptoms have, improved. have yeah. improved. I feel like there should be a mandated, if you get two concussions in a month, you need to sit out a month. Yeah. You need to give your, and that's not me trying to say, oh, well, that's an excuse to not have Derek Carr in or, or anything like that. That is just me legitimately thinking like his brain has got to be like a, like an overripe banana at this point. And I, and I hate that for him and any other player that has to deal with that. I am not advocating that we should put flags on quarterbacks. I'm not advocating that we take off the helmets and, and, you know, make every game the pro bowl. Yeah. That is not it at all. But if you're going to take the stand as a league where you want to protect players and concussions are a big thing in sports now, like even in sports entertainment, you look at wrestling and they have big exactly. concussion protocols exactly. as well. If you're, if you're trying to limit and mitigate those things, I think more research needs to be done into what happens to the brain when it experiences repeated trauma in a short amount of time. And I think that's a great point you just made with the combat sport reference. You know, I'm referencing WWE, but they're, you know, now in-house brand, the UFC. Yep. You don't ever see, and, you know, this is what we've learned in the state in the state of the last, you know, 20, 30 years. You don't go run somebody back out after they take repeated blows to the head. doesn't matter the sport, be it NASCAR, be it, uh, you know, like you said, WWE, the NBA, soccer, none of these things. You don't see anybody really go back out at the rate that the NFL brings players back out. Now, also none of these sports, other than maybe NASCAR, allow you to wear a helmet that is designed with the technology that they have. So either the NFL is ahead of where everybody thinks that they are, or it's time to maybe reevaluate for the sake of what I think the NFL loves to do more than anything, and that is protect their players, protect the brand, protect the asset, because if the player is the entertainment asset, even if, you know, you want to take the, you know, don't make football soft route, which I think has a lot of, you know, strong merit, but also has some flaws within it, you have to still protect the asset. There's no reason to let a career that could go 12 years be cut short 
because you wanted to just milk every ounce out of it. I think that's even a short-sighted take in its own right. Well, and I think that part of the thing that complicates the issue, and not just in Derek Carr's instance, but a lot of these players, especially when you get into uh, the NFL tier, yeah, the competitive nature of these players is such that they don't know anything else. That's all they were bred exactly. to do, born to do. That's all they want to do. They would... I, I, I know that it has happened in the 60s, 70s, oh, 80s, yeah. 90s. I wouldn't be surprised, nobody's going to admit it, that it happens today where players are lying to doctors about the severity of their injuries so the doctors will clear them to get back on the field. You're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. Exactly. That's, that's the perception from a lot of fans. But if, if you're paying me millions of dollars to play a game, well, I'm going to play that damn game, mm-hmm. and I'm going to play it to the best of my ability, and I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to earn that money. I'm not giving anybody any reason to tell me that I don't deserve it. Or to take you out of the opportunity to earn more of it. Correct. So I might go, yeah, no, I, I, I can go. Yeah. But I'm hurt, and I know that I shouldn't go, and I can't go. But in my head, like, I can't, I can't not go. It's almost, it's not the same scale. But it's so very equivalent to the nature of we know that we're sick, we shouldn't go to work, but people are depending on me. I can't not be there. Yeah. That is their job, is to go out and, and, and play, and they get paid very handsomely to do it. Oh, yeah. So a lot of them, are, they're going to do whatever they got to do to go out and play. Cool. Get it. Somebody has to be taking care of these players. I agree. I, I don't want to see Derek Carr turn into a and, – and, and a, I hate to, to take it this route. I, I don't want to see Derek Carr or anybody else, for that matter. Yeah, go full Chris Benoit. Oh well, yeah. Do you yeah. Are, do yeah, you get no, that I, reference? I get that reference. Yeah. Do Do you break? You don't get there. Chris Benoit was a he was a wrestler who, at the end of his life and career, was a WWE superstar. He was the world heavyweight champion. He was heavily promoted. Scheduled to defend the like he was the championship when this instance happened. He was um, he was. Set to defend that championship. I mm-hmm. believe he was championship yeah. at the time. He no-showed an event. So, so they sent somebody over to his house to go find him. And what they found was he had killed his wife and son and then choked himself out on a home gym and committed suicide. And once they went into it, they found that he was horribly, horribly affected by CTE. Now, one of his... Most popular moves was a diving headbutt off the top rope, and you're not wearing a helmet in wrestling. Yeah. So that probably didn't help, but it's one of those situations where if that is a potential outcome of CTE, yeah. you know, that kind of brain damage where you lose control, you, you don't have the fullest function of yourself. However, functionality of your however, capacities. However... Y'all know I love the XFL. And the greatest moment in XFL history, with the exception of the He Hate Me jersey or the Rock promo or the Jesse Ventura promo or all the amazing promos, <laughs> was when that one quarterback got injured. Yep. I forget his yep. name. It was a horrible, awful injury. And the next game, he showed up back out in a literal neck brace. Yeah. And the reporter's like, what are you doing playing football? You're crazy. And he's like, let me ask you. I'm going to answer your question with two questions. Number one. 
is do I currently Sunday? have a pulse? Yeah. And number two, is this or is this not the XFL? And that's the greatest moment of football history. So, um, I, don't, I don't know. But to my point, that's the exact exactly. mentality that's going to get players long-term hurt. If you really want to protect players, you've got to reevaluate the concussion protocol. Yeah. If you've got a player that is getting concussed for the second time in a month, is it because the second hit was that hard or is the brain that susceptible because it's not fully healed from the first hit? Is it a little bit of both? Something to think about. It, it is definitely something to think about, and it's something that needs to be addressed in the offseason, yeah. I think. Just one guy's opinion. I, I think it'll probably happen, if I'm being honest with you. I mean, we, we take a look at where the sport is headed, and I think what it's trying to become, more than anything, is the opportunity to – and I'm going to base this on two things. I think USA football, which is not in control of the NFL, but – you can think most sports, their governing body sort of has somewhat meddling in the pro leagues. It's the opposite for USA football. They're trying to prepare themselves for the 24 and 28 Olympics, mostly 28 whenever they're on the world stage as flag football, right? So there's going to be a lot of eyes that maybe aren't normally on this sport. A lot of eyes that maybe are saying, you know what, I want my kid to go get into football so they can be on an Olympic stage. And it's a slippery slope to where if tackle football becomes the boogeyman, you could see flag football become increasingly popular to the point to where I don't think it's what anyone who enjoys tackle football wants it to become. They're only doing that because in 2015 they had an international league of USA-style football and America smoked everyone and the championship was between the U.S. and France and we boat raced them. It was like... I remember at halftime watching the game with my dad at an Applebee's. Keep in mind, this is the championship game. Yes. And I remember we were watching on his phone, and the stat at halftime, I still have the screenshot to this day, was America rushing yards was 800-something. Oh, yeah. No. France's was negative five. And that's wow. The, and that's the thing is that tackle, and that was France who beat Russia, that which is very surprising. And that's the thing: tackle football is growing at a rapid rate, and particularly Europe right now. Their league, you have stadiums of ten, fifteen thousands that are being filled, much like soccer in the U.S. You know, I think that that's a country that wants to take football as far as they can take it. There's money to be made there, particularly Europe. Uh, speaking more on Germany, Italy, and the uh, U.K., those three countries want to promote that. They want that entertainment dollar because it brings the NFL and all of their money back even higher at a higher rate. So I think football is going to have a lot to think about this summer, sort of how they want to bring about a new change in keeping this game sustainable and profitable. Yep, agreed. Uh, Speaking of injuries, uh, the Saints had uh, a bunch of other injuries happen, and they have also made some roster moves on account of some of those injuries. Uh, They placed safety Marcus May and defensive end Malcolm Roach on IR earlier today. Well, today is uh, Wednesday, so whenever you're seeing this. Earlier Wednesday, they placed them on uh, IR. Marcus May has a shoulder injury, Malcolm Roach out with a knee. Then the Saints would also go on to release safety Daniel Sorensen from their practice squad. Taysom Hill did not practice today, again today being Wednesday, uh, because of foot and left hand injuries. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out for the rest of the week. He's currently listed as questionable. The Saints did sign defensive tackle P.J. Mustafer to active roster from the Denver practice squad, mm. and they grabbed linebacker Monty Rice off of waivers. So it wasn't just that they lost a whole bunch of people yeah, and didn't have anything to make in. up for it. They did 
sign a couple. Um, we need to, we need to talk about the state of football now. You, you've got all these injuries. You've got all these moves at this time of the season. Saints are currently on a three-game losing streak. I feel like things are, if they're not already out of control, they are going out of control. Chris Olave, Mike Thomas, they having issues with Kenner PD earlier yep. this season. And Mike Thomas, who's at home on IR himself, he starts tweeting about Derek Carr's performance before terminating his, his ex entire, account. He has entire ex account. Um, there is no accountability. There's no, no discipline. Like, that kind of thing, those – those types of things would never happen under Sean Payton's watch. Oh, I agree. I don't know that they would have happened under Jim Hazlitt's watch. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know they wouldn't happen under Mike Dicka's. No, no, Mike Dicka. There were some that coaches lock. that didn't yeah. stand for for that kind of behavior. I, and look, you know, to hey, each his hey, own, hey, and everybody's as, a little different. As Donald is currently wearing, the people of New Orleans always have the Pelicans. <laughs> we'll get to that yeah, a little bit. Yeah, in later. a little bit. Yeah. Um. But if you were in the Dome, I don't think you even needed to be in the Dome. No. I think you could probably hear it on TV. Oh, it translated beautifully on TV. You heard every ounce of it. I'm sure it did, and I heard from someone that it was even discussed by the commentators at one point. Yeah, absolutely. I have been the PA announcer, game day host for the Saints for five seasons. This is my fifth season. And there are things that get done uniformly year in, year out, right? And player introductions is part of that. Usually, when you you introduce your team, you'll start with the linemen because those are, no disrespect to the linemen, but they're not the flashy players. Like your your wide receivers, your Alvin Kamara's, your starting quarterbacks, whatever. So you start with the linemen, then you work up into your wide receiving Mm -hmm. core. You'll go through your running back core. You'll end with your... With your quarterback, yeah, right? Your franchise guy, the big stud and the star. That was not the case this past week. Derek Carr was introduced third to last, and we rushed that intro. Yeah. Because we anticipated the crowd reaction to it, mm-hmm. which was probably even exacerbated by the fact that there was more silver and blue than there was black and gold. And I think that was part of it, too, because you can imagine, and I'll be fair, I think it was probably at least ten to 20,000 Lions fans in the Dome. Easy. If the, Easily. If you have 10,000 disgruntled Saints fans that are upset and booing, all 20,000 Lions fans will take the opportunity to, to make, jump in, to yeah. join in on that, and now you have a third of the building booing. Even if it's not necessarily a third of the Saints fans, a third of the building is booing, and you hear it very audibly. Yep. And then, of course, every time Derek Carr came out yeah. – they booed him mercilessly. That was definitely one of the more, and this is from the entertainment perspective, comedic elements of that game. You hate to see it for the player. You do. And look, as, as if I'm just looking at it as a fan, and I guess there, there are parts of this job that have opened my eyes to different things. Yeah. Right? I, I remember being just that fan mm-hmm. who would, oh, this sucks. This is terrible. These guys are awful. Blah, 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 blah. Now, I have I've had the opportunity to to meet and bump into a bunch of our star players, shake hands and and you know not get to know them. We don't hang out or go to yeah. dinner or anything, but just game day. You know, it's after a, the it's a family the culture game, in the building itself. Yeah, yeah. After the game, everybody's walking around down on the field, and you just you kind of oh hey what up hey good game man it was a yeah. tough loss and 
better luck next week. These are these are people. Yeah. Like and then you start to see the humanity of the players instead of just the entertainment aspect. Mm-hmm. I can still watch, not that I've ever watched, but I could still watch The Bachelor and be like, tramp, ho, hussy, you don't get roses. I don't even I think that's how it goes. I yeah. don't even know. But like or or the other way around, like, oh, he's a viper, he's whatever, garbage. And and be completely disconnected because I don't know those people. No, and you'll never know those people. I've never met them. Not gonna meet them. I don't care. Whatever. But because I know some of these people, I care. Yeah. You know. And you live it. You you definitely do. If if there's a rough game, the spirit and the building gets changed dramatically. Um, I think our locker room interviews game by game are showing this on an extended level that we've never seen before. How. There's a lot of, and this is maybe one of the unique things about New Orleans. New Orleans, when it is firing, when it is the focus of the city, it is one of the highest TV markets per capita, per game usually, in the entire U.S. That's why so often LSU has one of the highest draws um, nationwide on games year over year because the state of Louisiana tunes in like nobody else. Well, they have. They always have. Yes. And and this is where age kind of comes in a little bit. It got so much more after Hurricane Katrina. Oh yeah, I mean you know you th- you think back to two thousand five. We're we're coming up on twenty twenty four right now. Mm-hmm. So that's twenty years ago ish. I you guys are in, what in your mid twenties? Yeah, you're right. So you're in your mid twenties. Y'all were running around toddler style. Mm-hmm. Back at Hurricane Katrina, I was uh, I was in my late twenties yeah. at the time, mid twenties at the time, and I remember what it was like. You know, you you saw the devastation in mm-hmm. the city, and you just felt down, yeah, defeated. And then when Sean Payton came back afterwards, and then Drew Brees got brought in. And then, you know, the, the blocked punt and exactly. rebirth and yeah. all those dome, things yeah. started happening. And you went, this is my get back. Yep. This is what I'm hitching we my buggy to. You did song. What? You did we, get a U2 song. We, we, we got a U2 song. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, was a cover. I don't know if you knew that or not. I knew that, but, but it's so cool. Uh, and it's U2 and Green Day. Yeah, don't forget Green Day. Don't forget Green Day. Billy Joe will come out here and let you know, you American <laughs> idiot. Um, But no, like, it just... At that moment in that time, football became so much more than entertainment. It was the culture. To the community yeah. of of New Orleans and the, the New Orleans fan base, the, the Gulf South, the coast, all those affected areas. And now they are starting to feel let down again. Yeah. And I haven't seen... I don't know that I've, I, that I've seen this fan base this vocal, this angry... Maybe ever. Yeah, I mean, you'd, I, I'd say you'd probably going back to the struggles of the last Hazlitt season. You know, whenever you saw Aaron Brooks going through his situations, getting benched, things like that. That was the only time in my lifetime I recall hearing it. Uh, you know, you heard it a little bit 08 after the back-to-back seven and nines, and you're like, okay, what is this? What's Sean? What are you doing, Drew? You know, stuff like that. But that was so brief compared to what we're getting now week in, week out. And obviously it's amplified with social media, things like that. You can't really get away from it if you're in the Louisiana sports scene. But 
at the same time, man, like, is it necessary or is it at the point to where basically you had a good thing and it doesn't feel like what the old good thing was and now you're just getting sort of a natural human reaction? Yeah, I, I, well, I think we've been spoiled. I'd agree. We've been spoiled by Sean Payton and Drew Brees for 16 years and we just we just want those times back. Exactly. We want to feel that way again. And it might be a minute. Um, and that sucks. And that, and that sucks that, that, that is the current state of football in Louisiana. Yeah. Um, and people, people can't just find things about the game to enjoy. They can't just enjoy. Like, I remember the first time I went to a Saints game was with my dad and it was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the dream sickle orange back in the early eighties. And we got blown out. Mm. It was the best time of my life. Because I was doing something cool with my dad as a young kid. I, like, I, I, I don't even remember the game. Yeah. Honestly. Well, well, that I, I see the same thing with LSU games. Because it's like, I, I grew up during the Les Miles era. Yep. Right? Les Miles was a great coach. Ten, ten and two seasons almost every year. Um, and even on years like 2014, 2013, where we weren't doing amazing, mm-hmm. the tailgate scene, I, I didn't go for the football games. I didn't care. I went to go tailgate. And this year, I had a friend from out of state come for the Florida game because I was like, guys, you, you think you know tailgating? Just wait till ZL shoe tailgating. Campus was dead the entire day. Wow. The entire day. I think other than the 10 people I had at my tailgate, I may have seen 30 people in the observable. I, I'm right in front of the stadium. Dal yeah. knows this. So it's like, wh- why, why are y'all not coming? And then a bunch of people are like, well, you know, we did lose to Alabama, so we can't get the SEC. And it's like, well, so what? We're, we're, we're playing Florida today? Like, yeah. what care about so people, man? A lot of people's emotional attachment to the game is almost unhealthy. Yeah. You're not playing the game. No. You're not affecting the outcome. You're not on the coaching staff. I know it's hard to enjoy when you're not winning. I get it. But is 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 it that bad? Yeah, that there's just no value to it anymore. Just like, ah, we hit the threshold. See and, you next year. And I tell you what, and we're talking about that right now. Yeah. Could you imagine what the feeling is going to be like if we lose to the Panthers this week? You don't want to see that. You really don't want to see that. Because oh, I no. feel like I feel like if this, if ever there is a must win game. Oh yeah. It's this one. And that's the weird part is that you're actually now in the double jeopardy zone. And, you know, obviously this is not where you really want the thing to be. But you've seen this as a Pelicans fan. And, you know, I'd I'd say my most locked in, my most tuned in fan base radio is with the Pelicans. Obviously, diehard LSU fan alum. Saints, been a season ticket holder all my life, you know. But the the Pelicans is where it sort of moves the needle very minutely. And you get this in the NBA more than you do in football, particularly with the NFL, is that it is now to the point to where the fan base is split. Half the fan base wants that top seven draft pick. They want the Saints to lose every single game, and they will be upset if the Saints win on Sunday. The other half wants the Saints to continue to try and get that division championship to just, you know, make it to the playoffs and then see where the picks lie when it comes to draft time and then rebuild from there. Keep Cam Jordan until he retires, Demario Davis, Tyron Matthew, all of them, and just keep the core moving. So now you have 
what is a early division, a early rift in the fan base. I think if we get to the point to where that game is a loss on Sunday, that rift is going to not only crack, it's going to splinter in one direction. And it will be very hard, if not impossible, for the remainder of this season to get the fan base to go to the other side. I, I think it would be cavernous. I don't think it would just... Oh, yeah. It, it would it You might would split blow, the whole log in half. It would blow wide open. Um, it has gotten to a point where seeing what I saw and hearing what I heard, even if the Saints were to go on a five-game win streak... Win the division. Win the division. Be in end the up hosting a playoff game. I still don't know that that would be enough to stop the angry mobs with mm-hmm. their torches and pitchforks. And, and, I, that's, and that's just crazy and, to me. You know, I'll keep it brief here, but I hate to say it, but I think at this point, Louisiana is starting to get to where they've marinated on it. And they say the only way we are going to change our attitude is if number five is name called and he's your starting quarterback next year, which is a great thought. But it's selling yourself on an idea that has a very limited opportunity to happen. And if that doesn't happen, you're going to have to live with the reality, whatever else it may be. We have talked about it at nausea. We have. Don't hold your breath. Won't happen. Those are the same people that want Taysom Hill as the starting quarterback. Don't hold your breath. Won't happen. If we draft Jaden Daniels, first of all, we would have to have a new coach. Yes. Dennis Allen would have to be out of the picture. Dennis Allen is not going to draft Jaden Daniels after spending $150 million on Derek Carr. That's dumb. Won't happen. Yeah. Um, second of all, the way that Derek Carr has been treated this year, not emotionally by the fans. I mean, physically on the field. Oh, yeah. We would be the death of Jaden Daniels. I would very much like him to sit the entire year next year if he does get drafted by whatever miracle that is. Within the first five games, he'd have a season-ending injury a la Joe Burrow. I, and I, I think we, that's not, we can't that's protect not unrealistic. We don't have the line right now. We don't have the line to run the ball, much less our pass line is a little bit better, but it's not significant enough to where I'm going to run out a future for the entire team. You're going to have to draft a lineman, which is then, again, we're going to split that fan base again because whenever they call up left tackle with number seven, number 17, Everyone's going to say, now where's my quarterback? Where's Penix? Where's Jaden? But Jaden Daniels is a rushing quarterback. He'll be fine. The speed of the NFL, not quite the speed of college. Nick Bosa don't slow down for nobody. No, he don't. No, he don't. All right. We can talk uh, about this to the Cowboys. Let's break it. We got to move on just a little bit. Uh, One other thing that we've been mentioning throughout the entirety of the run of our show that uh, we're going to stop talking about here, PDQ is your chance to win $10,000. Family Promise of St. Tammany Parish, they want to give you that ten grand. they are an organization that provides shelter, help, and hope for families on the North Shore. They cannot do it alone. For only $25 from now until December 15th, just over a week, you can buy tickets. You can still buy them for their fourth annual Family Promise raffle. Starting on November 1st, they're going to draw for amazing daily prizes. They've been doing it uh, for over a month now. And all the daily winners remain eligible for the $10,000 grand prize drawing That will take place on December 15th. The more tickets you have, the better your odds. So get yours now at fpstp.org. That's FPSTP, short for Family Promise of St. Tammany Parish.org. And, of course, we want to thank our other great support that we have here on the Boot Sports Network, and that would be McNeil Engineering. They provide comprehensive design services, including civil engineering, structural engineering, land surveying, high-definition scanning, 
landscape architecture, and consulting services to the private and public sectors. They are committed to delivering timely, responsive, and economical design solutions. For over 30 years, McNeil Engineering has thrived on establishing personal relationships and providing quality designs to their clients. They immerse themselves in each project and become part of the team. To thoroughly understand the customer's vision, they care about the economics of their projects and, more importantly, the satisfaction of each customer. Project deadlines are an absolute, not a goal. Once again, we thank McNeil Engineering. Indeed. All right, so we have discussed how tough a week it was for Saints fans. Tulane didn't do us any favors either nah, leading into is, that uh, weekend. Leaning on not much right now. I'll tell you what, to watch the first couple plays of that game, you really thought that game was going to go differently. Mm -hmm. It was a very explosive start uh, for Tulane. They came out the first play of scrimmage, first play from scrimmage, uh, had a, a, a almost a scoop and score practically. Oh, yeah. um, but it did lead to the first points of the game, and then they would get outplayed by SMU. Uh, SMU would outscore them 26 to 7 from that point, go on to win 26 to 14. Tulane has now dropped out of the top 25. They mm. did earn a bowl berth. Yes. Uh, with a uh, 11 and 2 season. Uh, they will take on the Virginia Tech Hokies in the GoBowling.com Military Bowl. Shout out to Bowling. And that is, uh, I didn't catch the date on that, but uh, it is not a New Year's game. No, not at all. I will grab that date for you real quick. Go ahead, though. Then. Uh, so the season ends. Yeah. And then uh, Willie Fritz goes, hey, it's been real. I'm going to Houston. So now Tulane doesn't have their head coach, which has gone 23 and 4 in the last yeah. two seasons. So good for him. And they have a new athletic director. That's yep. what they get for not hiring. I know, right? Uh, they, do, they do have. Uh, the new athletic director and their coach, who uh, interim Slade Nagel, the offensive coordinator, is going to be the interim coach. And I don't know exactly. I don't know if Willie Fritz is sticking around for the bowl game. I uh, no, he's not. already headed. Oh, he's to already Houston. gone. He's been announced. Uh, yeah, he's fully okay. gone. And uh, this is a unique thing. You know, we were looking so forward to what would have been for Tulane, and you see Liberty get the invite over them going undefeated, which, I mean, debatably, you could say they should have been in any way, even if Tulane did get the nod. But now you're Tulane. Your program has been up and up for so long. You have Willie Fritz at his opening press conferences with Houston talking about how there were projects that were supposed to be done that didn't happen. Not saying those exactly, but we can allude to what they might be. And now you're Tulane. Two days after Christmas, you got to play a daytime bowl game on a weekday. What is the fan base supposed to do with that? The fan base for Tulane has never been as rowdy and raucous as an LSU fan base. I, I it's very uptown New Orleans. That's and, all I can say. And that if you well, don't some, know what that means, say, oh yeah, some some can say they deserve it. Uh, well, some well, named producer well, Brett because because in the seventies LSU offered Tulane is they want to continue to play that they could play at LSU that that we they would give a hundred percent one hundred percent of ticket revenue to Tulane and the reason why is Tulane's stadiums it's about twenty thousand people LSU's sits hundred thousand not hundred thousand at the time it's still vastly more than double you're referring to after the original uh the battle of the rag no you're referring to after Tulane stadium got torn down yeah okay yeah 
My my point is is that Tulane would have made more money than they would have at a, if the game was at Tulane. They and were playing LSU the would have made the more. Money. They had the opportunity to, but would they have? Tulane said no. They said no. We're not going to play you at Tiger Stadium because da da da. And LSU said it's not profitable for us. And because of that, Tulane lost on massive profits. Those profits that could have gone and would have gone to their football program. The which they could do to retain coaches, etc. So they sculpted their own fate by taking away what was their largest cash bringer of the year, playing LSU, because LSU has more fans than Tulane. And that directly affected their football program, and they're still feeling from it. And, you know, I'll, I'll give some credence to that. I think if we look at what Tulane football is, you had your one good season in the 90s. Then you basically, any progress you made, you sequestered throughout the mid-2000s. You get a good winning season, you either lose your coach or you fire him when he goes 7-5 and five and gets you into a bowl game. It became the springboard program. Exactly. So then you lock down Willie Fritz and you create something of a winning program. Tulane's now at this weird point. They're either going to have to accept that their fate ends at the group of five whatever that it means now, basically fighting for that number 12 seed in the playoffs every year. Or they're going to have to say, all right, I see the writing on the wall. Whenever this next round of realignment comes, which it will, are we going to the ACC? Because that's going to be their only option to fill in for Florida State, Clemson, Duke, those who well, leave. Well, there's probably not going to be an, uh, an ACC if the another round comes. It's Only about be, 17. It's going to li- be the Big Ten, and it's going to be the SEC. Well, and it's going to be just like the AFC-NFC in NFL, because that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn college, and they're successfully turning college into the NFL, because college football no longer exists. It's just minor league football. <laughs> to a degree, he's not that far off. There will be a Super 2, yeah. but the other three you know, are still locked in to a playoff seed. As it currently stands, we'll see if that changes, but we don't know yet. So, so is the pack too. Well, that <laughs> there's there's just getting written out actively, getting written out actually. Um, so do they join the ACC or not? And that requires they're going to have to probably double, if not triple, that athletic budget. Yep, and they're not going to be able to do it trying to maintain the program as it is. Exactly, especially now with Willie Fritz gone, Michael Pratt. He is he is. He's graduating, yep, moving he's on. Yep. Kai Horton, the backup to Michael Pratt, the heir apparent, he announced that he's entering the transfer portal. As soon as Willie Fritz announced that he was taking the job in Houston, Kai Horton said, I'm not sticking around. Yeah. I, I don't know if he had issues with Slade Nagel or not, but he's gone. Uh, so now we're going back to our third string quarterback. Yep. And the 11-2 and two green wave, who – at points this season, we were talking about very proudly and prominently. Yeah. Top 10. They, playoff. they are now eight-point underdogs to the 6-6 six and six Hokies. Eight-point underdogs to a 500 team in the GoBowling.com Military Bowl. That was one of What the perfect. hell happened? Can I just can I just point out that that was like the most perfect radio voice I have ever it's heard. It's almost like this guy's a professional in my life. You think that I've done it once or twice, maybe? Possibly. Well, I tell you what. If anybody from the GoBowling.com Military Bowl is looking for uh, voiceovers or PA announcement, uh, have your people call my people. I am my people. Yes, and we'll. 
So we'll, uh, we'll work out. The I details. guess I guess what I'm getting at with this, so that way we can wrap up Tulane segment here. Tulane was going to offer Willie Fritz at most about four point five million dollars. Yep, <laughs> at most. So I'll, t- I'll take it. So that's about. Brett would take it. Look at that smile. Look at that smile. Brett would happily take it. But that's about double what you're paying at a power at a power five offensive defensive coordinator. Double what you're paying or half of what you're paying? Uh, Double for an offensive defensive coordinator. So what I'm saying is, is that is Tulane going to actually exceed what their conference average is and saying we're going to get ready to grow? We want to go to the next level. Or are they going to park it? Do you think that they're willing to spend money on this next coach and potentially springboard the entire program into success? Or is it just going to be competing with, you know, Army and Navy for the next five, ten years? I think it depends on who the coach is. Yeah. I mean, right. if, if you you pull in Eric Dooley. Yeah. Right, right, who was the coach over at Southern that they let go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to pay him as no. much as you would pay to – you know, any of these bigger name coaches. I'll, I'll throw a fun one out there. Coach O, who's been around the Tulane program that, recently. That would be a fun one. I'll would, tell you what, it would, would you definitely pay him, put more eyes on the product. Would you pay him $7 million? You'd have to. You'd have to. You you could not. You're you're paying him for, for notoriety for the more brand, than anything. Yeah. And the fact that he was the head coach for the greatest team to ever do it in college football. Undisputably, or or was he just in the right place at the right time? Still the coach. Still, he was still the coach. Still gets the ring. I, look, a little bit of luck, a little bit of skill. I maybe, maybe fifteen and zero. Did it in a way that no one ever has. That's right. And it's going to be really hard to replicate. So yeah, I I would be all for paying if I'm if I'm Tulane and I have it in the budget. Yeah, I'm paying Coach O seven million a year. Because let's be honest, it's a private school. There is no budget. I'm gonna have his assistant walking around with him to make sure he keeps his ass away from the cheerleaders. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this much: <laughs> but, I just think in the end, Tulane is a little too lame to get a great coach. Kind of like that stay. joke that he cuts every every week. week. It's the consistency that we keep him around for. I mean. Lord. But what is consistent is that Jaden Daniels is still your Heisman front runner, despite the foolishness that was tried to pull over the wool last week during the Pac-12 championship game. And you know what's funny? The person who ensured that Jaden Daniels is the front runner for the Heisman Trophy was the guy. Was Michael Penix, That's the right. guy he's been foot racing against the All entire season. Year. Loved it. And I tell you what, I have been I've been cheering against. Michael Penix mm-hmm. all year, uh, but not not this past. No, <laughs> I was definitely pulling for them. I was wearing Knicks purple. I'm not saying it was Washington purple, but I was wearing some purple. Correct. Uh, so super happy about that. It swung the odds from Jaden at second place at plus one forty <laughs> to minus fourteen hundred. Overwhelming odds. Penix jumped to second. Bo Nix fell to third. And remember, these numbers are for your entertainment only. But you know. Be be wise. Think about it. Well, at this can. point, at this point, they're not showing numbers anymore. Oh no, it's 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 pulled. It's all closed. So if you got your bets in, congratulations. Good on you. Uh, I'll see you at the window. Correct. Jaden is in New York for the presentation. December 9th is when that happens. So that's when we'll find out. So the plan is for us to come back and have a yay Jaden show. Absolutely. Next week, because if he doesn't, uh, then. 
Uh, we in Florida State all have some stuff to boycott. Producer so, Brett, I'm going to need you to go and get some confetti ready for that oh, uh, oh, Heisman I, party. I actually uh, have something to say that's pretty pretty interesting. Oh, so, my God. Did you book Jaden Daniels for the show next week? Yeah. No, I wish. No. Uh, you've got, I, I, I got nothing I want to hear. Well, uh, when Joe Burrow got his um, Heisman in 2019. Hold a tear to my eye. Uh, I had forgot the Heisman Trophy uh, ceremony was that day. And um, I went to go buy a Christmas tree, but I was like, I don't, I can't really afford all the ornaments because I was pretty poor at the time. But I, I've kept all of my LSU tickets since I was a child. So I have like <laughs> close to 100, if not more. Um, and I have a little electric football field with a field goal post. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I had made a LSU tree that was decorated with nothing but LSU Ticket. tickets and a field goal post star. With two little toy tigers grabbing at it. And um, I bring this up because when I was putting this up, uh, I had saw on my phone, oh, the Heisman thing's on. And I watched the Heisman. And right as I finished putting up my tree, they were like, Joe Burrow. And it was beautiful. So I still have that tree I put up every year. I've sent spot purple and gold ornaments and other fan to make it even is more it, LSU. Is that tree up already? I was going to say, I have specifically waited. Oh. So that to put it up the day of the Heisman. What a beautiful Such tradition. Thing. I like yep. it. I'm a fan because I'd have told you to go home and take that thing down and put it back up again on the ninth. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? That's bad juju. Uh, so that's a thing that we're looking forward to chatting about. LSU, uh, they did stay in the top 25, yes. bumped up to 13th, which would suck next year. Mm-hmm. Again, they'd be Florida State next year. Just. Yep, going to have to get to 11th realistically with the group of five getting their freebie. Yep, true story. Uh, they're going to be playing Wisconsin in the ReliaQuest Bowl on New Year's Day at 11 a.m. So uh, that should be interesting. Can I say that is one of the biggest sponsored downgrades? No disrespect, ReliaQuest. We'd be happy to have you here on the Boot Sports Network. But, man, <laughs> let me tell It'd you. It'd be one of the biggest sponsor upgrades for us. For us. But let me tell you, I thoroughly enjoyed getting to watch what was formerly the Outback Bowl, which I've repped before on <laughs> this show. You're about the Cheez-It Bowl? No, the Outback Bowl, because oh. I would be thoroughly cheering for whichever team was going to get me a Bloomin' Onion if they win. Because <laughs> I enjoy, you know, my snacks. I'm a... I, I disagree. Full Out, built Outback, man. Outback is an Australian style steakhouse. I've had nothing but horrible experiences there. Texas Roadhouse, please sponsor us because Texas Roadhouse is the goat. However, you peanut allergy having mother effers need to oh. get out, stop suing these restaurants, bring back the peanuts. They have the bring, peanuts. They do? Yeah, you yeah. just have to ask for you them. Just them. Have to ask for them. They bring them out to you in, pa- in but, packs. But can I throw them on the floor? Uh, yes, but you, can, you would but be that would, guy. You'd yeah. be that guy. I, I, I will be that guy. That was the best part. That was the best part of the experience. Throw the peanuts on the floor. All you have to do is ask the server for the peanuts. They hey, have them. They'll give you multiple bags. I know where they're at. I can show you. Are you serious? Oh, yes. Yeah. All this y'all, y'all just made my year. They stopped doing that when COVID was a thing because they didn't want everybody's grubby hands going through the peanuts, sharing germs and diseases and things. You know, people talk about the horrible, horrible things of the plague that happened, but no one talks about the death of the 24-7 Walmart. And that the was our greatest loss, at, to be um, honest with you. At the Texas Roadhouse. 2 a.m. shopping was truly held. Much like Jaden Daniels' season this year, where he is unanimously the favorite. But let's talk about another guy that got into the race for a New York's greatest trophy. Um, what are your thoughts on the fact that you have Marvin Harrison Jr. as your fourth seat there whenever he is currently – more than likely going to win the Blitnikoff, even though we hate to see it, but wasn't 
ahead statistically of either of Jaden's receivers. Do you think that was just to get the Big Ten a seat at the table for their audience? Or was it more saying, we acknowledge that you had a terrible quarterback and we're proud of what you did? First and foremost, to Mr. Harrison, hell of a season. Yeah, great season. Well done, man. No one said you didn't do bad. You, if you would have had Jaden Daniels or Michael Penix or Bo Nix. Unworldly numbers, I think. I, I think your numbers would have been even that much more, which is a tribute to what you were able to do. Um, I hate for our receivers that he is – it's such a shoe-in for the Bolitnikov. His narrative outweighs their performance, maybe. Yeah. I mean, just talking about Thomas and neighbors. Yeah. And the, the production that they've been able to have with Jaden. And the Sharing. fact. Correct. The fact that Jaden is rushing for 100 yards per game. Exactly. Well, college football is made, we learned, with the CFP. Uh, for broadcasters and for money, it doesn't matter about what happens on the field. It happens what makes the best story and the most money for Disney and ESPN. He's a little bitter this week. He sounds. Aren't we all, it's though? The Aren't truth. we all, though? Um, I, I, if he wins the Bolitnikoff, good on him. Um, if he wins the Bolitnikoff and Jaden Daniels does not win the Heisman <laughs> Trophy... Louisiana. Ooh, I'll tell you what, you're going to have a whole bunch of angry Cajuns come knocking down your door. I would never to... call for a riot that yes, binds LSU fans yeah, and Florida would. State fans to march to the headquarters of Disney ESPN, find all of the CFP voters. It's just the, the NCAA voters, headquarters. And NCAA headquarters and <laughs> pike all of their heads on sticks. However, hypothetically, that's it, graphic. Hi- hypothetically, Dude. Um, I know where you can find some sharp sticks, and I will be handing them out to anyone who does that if those things happen. Except you won't, because we legally banned you from doing that. Legally, I won't <laughs> be doing it. However, my, my twin brother, Rhett Bobles, who looks guy. and sounds just like me, I, I can't stop. Producer Pret. Yep. <laughs> Producer Pret makes his way again. And man, let's just hope that all goes well during this week's award ceremonies, and then we can... Fully look forward to the ReliaQuest Bowl for what it will really be. A record breaker. For Malik Neighbors. Maybe. Jaden Daniels. Well, it, for both. Malik yeah. Neighbors legit needs 21 yards. Yeah. To bra- and he, and he, he has, wants he's his He's announced record. he's playing. He wants him. It'd be a shame if any other quarterback threw it in number five. Correct. Oh, I don't, I don't think it would be anything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brian Kelly said uh, this week that Jaden Daniels is still undecided. So there's a very good chance that he will play. I I think you're going to see Jaden play. Yeah, I think the whole game, play. no chance. Let me. No, be no, 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 no chance. No, uh, not when there's nothing hypothetically on the line. Yeah. So I mean, you got everything to lose. No, not at all. All right. Um, I think that's it for for yeah, LSU and Tulane for football wise. Yeah, we'll yep. take a park there and then I will pick it back up. We got an interesting, the only football of college nature prediction coming up in the show. A first as we break our format for you all in what is maybe America's game. Indeed, I, you know it's funny. I actually said that in my in in this like that. Yeah, how about that? Who is it? Who's playing America's game? We'll tell you in just a little bit. That's right. But nowadays, everybody's got something to say. Not everyone has a way to say it. Not anymore.
Omega Sound and Entertainment, proud partners of the Boot Sports Network and equipment providers for Boots to Balls, would like to introduce Omega Sound Mobile Podcasting. They can show up wherever you are with all the gear and expertise you'll need. All the stuff that you see here, even the stuff that you don't see, like the cameras and all the other production equipment. Uh, Whether it's recording, editing, producing, even publishing, whatever level of help you need, they are happy to provide. Omega Sound Mobile Podcasting is available now. For more information, check out omegasounddjs.com or call them at 985-503-3357. That's 985-503-3357. And, of course, you're here watching us on the Boot Sports Network, and we thank you for that as we changed it up a little bit this week. We went back to our lovely recorded format so you can all watch together. But what you're doing as you're watching together is you're watching a new era in the Boot Sports Network, I believe. We're very close on our Facebook page to hitting 100 followers. We thank you all for your support so far. We issued the challenge this week. Not only if you haven't already, go ahead and follow yourself and tell a friend to follow. Send that invite out to all your favorite sports Don't fans. follow yourself. Follow us. Well, follow us and for yourself, get all <laughs> your friends to do it too because everyone loves company and we love you on the Boot Sports Network. Don't forget though, YouTube, hit the subscribe button. It's still there. Go ahead and ring the bell over there. TikTok, we had a little bit of content go off this week. You saw it get some nice traction. We appreciate you over there. And there's plenty more to come, as well as a gosh, Facebook, Instagram, and X. All there for your liking. And, of course, don't forget to share the Boot Sports Network with your friends. Share with your friends. All right. You ready to kick it around the boot? Let's go ahead and kick that boot Let's around. Let's kick it. All right. I'll have you kick it off. All right. I'll kick it off. So, the Louisiana Voodoo, they, it looks as though, have found their quarterback. Uh, For those of you that don't know, the Voodoo, the arena football team is coming back to Louisiana. It is not coming back to New Orleans. They're going to play out of Lake Mm. Charles. Uh, And that's why they're being called the Louisiana Voodoo, not the New Orleans Voodoo. But they announced back on December 1st that they have welcomed former quarterback from Tennessee Tech and LSU. He wore number 13 from Little Rock, Arkansas, Andre Sale. Y'all remember Andre? No, you you don't remember. Since leaving LSU, Andre did have some pro experience in the IFL. He played for the Tulsa Oilers. Regardless, we're just happy to have him back in the boot. Welcome back to Boot Sports, Andre Sale. And then uh, the Baton Rouge Zydeco, they picked up their third franchise win that? in exciting fashion last Friday with a 5-1 to one drumming of the Mississippi Seawolves in the Raising Canes River Center. Not just that, but they had a fight. They had they a It's hockey. Fight. They had no, a they fight. Had a, did you see this no. fight? No. Dude. Oh, we, dude. We're, was this, it a fight wait, among wait, players? Listen, yeah, listen, it was a line have, clear. Have you ever seen played Blades of Steel on the NES? God, that was forever and a day ago, but yeah. It, it was a Blades of Steel tier fight. Like, it was watching the UFC. Jesus. You had about seven different fights simultaneously across the ice, and I think you ended up with at least three to four Seawolves to get suspended for that next game. It was quite the entertainment value. I'll tell you what, that's the funniest thing about hockey to me. Hockey is the only actual, like, team sport yeah. where it is not even okay, not even permissible. Written in the books. But it's, like, expected that if you don't commit the crime of assault during the game, 
It's not a game. It's not a game. Like, it's not fun. Unless you beat the tar out of somebody and just, like, if if somebody just <laughs> walked up to you hockey style, grabbed your hoodie, pulled it over oh, yeah. your head and started waylaying you, I'm calling the police and we're pressing charges and all that. But I'm not going on the ground first, I'll tell you that. No, I'm not. <laughs> That's not what I mean. Oh, I know what you mean. But, but support local. Go see fights <laughs> at the Zydeco. It was amazing because, like, I, I got to tell you guys, I, I bought Blades of Steel for my NES, not because I care about hockey or know, even know the rules of hockey, but because they had fights and you could, like, do it with the B-Bots and it was really fun. And now I, I, I'm here flipping through Instagram and I see, oh, my friend Sarah's at a Zydeco game. And then I see, and I'm just like, I'm going to a Zydeco. Yeah. I'm going to the That's Zydeco all it takes. Game. All right, Zydeco, you listening? Just start broadcasting for the fights. For what it's worth, the day after that fight, they had their second highest attendance of the year. So, uh, <laughs> hey. They lost that game. It works. Yeah. it works. Whatever works. That's funny. Oh, goodness. The Zydeco, they are now 3-11. and 11. Next up for the Zydeco is another weekend doubleheader this Friday and Saturday against the Blue Ridge Bobcats from... Wytheville, because there's w- a Y in it. Wville. Withville. Your mom is from Withville. Uh, it's going to be inside the River Center. If you can't make it to the Raising Canes River Center in person, make sure that you tune in to our pal Joseph Furtado with a call on WBRZ. And the YouTube live stream comment section in there gets pretty interesting, let me tell you that. I can only imagine what that looked like during the fight. It's a fun, oh, <laughs> It was a fun time, <laughs> I'll tell you that. But what was also a fun time and was a – Breath of relief for what Louisiana football fans needed after this weekend. Um, this is hot off the press today, Wednesday, as we're filming. Mike Dimbrock was re-signed to the LSU Tigers. That is their offensive coordinator. He took a three-year deal and will be retained with this program. So you're going to continue to have that teaching ability, stability, something that we have not seen from the LSU coaching staff. I don't think they've had an offensive coordinator for three straight years in did did that deal get finalized? I saw this morning that they were working it. I it didn't is hear that reported, but I do believe it is in the process of finalization. Okay. Simply on the matter that it is reported. Now, this is really the reporting that A&M came knocking at the door. Oh. And uh, LSU oh. had to uh, sign the T's, dot the I's, and pay that man his money rightfully so. Well, considering what he did this season, is more than worth it. Oh, he's absolutely earned every dollar. But speaking of who is trying to make it a little bit more worth it for them, a interesting bit of news. We saw Southern win the Bayou Classic, and it was a great time, and they're starting to see some NIL traction there. Uh, one of those who had a few prominent deals was quarterback Harold Blood. You saw him last year in Tiger Stadium, and he's had a good run with the Jags, reading them to some pretty solid offensive performance. He decided that he wants to go see what else is out there, and he entered the transfer portal, joined offensive lineman Eli Field, started cornerback Kristen Davis, defensive tackle Joshua Donald, and reserve quarterback Dylan, I can't pronounce your last name. Marotra. Marotra, thank you. And uh, that's not unsuspected given the circumstances of how their season ended with their coach being removed, and now they have, you know, an interim coach that's not the interim coach, but he is. And there's a lot of debate going on on the bluff who's going to end up taking that job. But to see that much of the team go ahead and Jumped step out portal. before yep. Pro Day, which is more interesting than anything before, because it's a little different on the FCS level. You don't have many opportunities down there. We'll have to see what comes for Southern. I think that they have 
a chance to get some talent that they're going to, you know, also be bringing in some good recruits. And that final recruiting deadline comes up in February for the late signees now. Used to be the regular signing day, but those are now your late signees going into February, January. Look, I think if Southern can get a coach on board, they're going to have no problem filling those seats. Oh, they're still sure. a powerhouse amongst not only the SWAC, but the FCS in general. And they, they have my resume. And they have Brett's resume. So, you know, oh, did you get a call back yet? a call. Not, not yet. Not yet. For the second week in a row, I'm begging you. Oh, but, am I begging you. Uh, go back and listen to my pleas from last week's episode. And and that was one of the you know unique things we also saw was that this came, of course, after some of the other coaching changes. You're starting to see the transfer portal heat up. And next week, we're going to go into it a little bit more in depth whenever we have the time. But you're now without a coach at Tulane. You're without a coach at Southern, Grambling, um, ULM. So now four programs in the state without a coach we're gonna see how this all gets statistically one has to hire me i think so (laughs) it's the law of averages right there's only so many candidates and you certainly float to the top oh whoever will we get to produce our show oh we'll call reducer pret he's available available. I, i know he's available but of course from the top of the cream, does Brett rise we go all the way into a full court press hoorah I know you wear in that hoodie proudly. Proudly. The Pels have advanced to the semifinals of the in-season tournament. They uh, they upset. The, they are the three seed. They upset the two That's seed right. Sacramento Kings in Sacramento. Uh, we'll get into off. that a little bit later when we look ahead because that was a game that we did predict. Yes. Was it? No, we did not. We did not because it was not yet. Because uh, that one wasn't announced when we did, when we did the thing. So let's talk about it a little bit now. I guess. All right. So, uh, yeah, they did a thing. They. Uh, they beat the Sacramento Kings in Sacramento, and it was a glorious, glorious game. Knocked them out 127-117, advancing to the semifinals, which is going to take place Thursday night, 8 p.m. on TNT against LeBron, the Brow, and the rest of the Lakers. That's right. So, can I tell you one of my favorite things? Please do. So, there are, are a lot of differences between calling a Saints game and calling a Pelicans yes. game. As the PA announcer for um, the New Orleans Saints, I get to be the reserve PA announcer for the Pelicans. Yep. If their PA announcer can't perform for whatever reason, then they call me and I go in, which was why we talked about would I be calling that game. If the Sacramento game would have been played in New Orleans, yep. then I, I would have called that game. The other guy, was he was out of, out of the country. So last year... I got a chance to call a Lakers game. Yeah. It's the highlight of my life. Per, it was a highlight of my career, at least. Um, when we score, you want to go big. Yeah. Right? Jonas Valanciunas gets the ball, and he slams it home. Jonas Valanciunas! You make a big deal, right? Yeah. And then when the other team scores, you say their name like it doesn't matter. Donald Dunn. Right. Yeah. You you acknowledge that they Very scored. Small, it's but. it's almost mildly petty. Yeah. So LeBron James was playing in that game, and I just got to go, James. James. Like, hey, you ain't nothing, LeBron James. 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 And it was he at one point he looked at me like. Yeah. <laughs> you know respect who I am? on my you know name. <laughs> I was like, James. That James. man deserves no respect. Barkley fought Godzilla. Jordan <laughs> saved the Looney Tunes. 
what did first. He, what? No, 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 no. There was only one. I know there's like a fan I, film uh, that came out later. Yeah, yeah. But but come on, let let's be real. I what's so your, badly, I so badly want to call another Lakers game just to do it again. Just to do, and then he'll recognize you and be like, ah, that guy, <laughs> James. <laughs> that was the highlight of my professional PA announcer career. Absolutely, but uh, talking a little bit about how this Pelicans team has gotten to this point in the semifinals, I think this is something that because this is all new to all of us, you know, it's first mm-hmm. year, it's happening. There's a bit of an incentive behind all this, if you haven't heard yet. The Pelicans are getting paid, and they've now secured their first check. So the way how this tournament is based around is that basically you are trying to win games that double up as regular season games for the sake of advancing to a finals in Las Vegas. By the Pelicans reaching the semifinals, which will be held in Las Vegas as well as the finals on Saturday, they've now secured each player without playing in the semifinal game a $100,000 check. Nice. Now, you know, you got to get rid of, of course, the agent fees and taxes. But, hey, that's still about $75K. If they get to the finals and win, that's $500,000 per player. Now, you're going to say, oh, but they're already rich. What does that matter? Well... A few of them are rich. The rest of them are maybe making one, two times that. Someone like a Matt Ryan, who you've heard about so far. How about Jordan Clark? Uh, sorry, Jordan Hawkins on his rookie deal. You know, these the players, blood. The, these players who are on two-way deals, these players who are just new to the league or wily veterans trying to make the last of what might be a season that is their last. So, I, I just to that point, yeah. You can go to ESPN.com and pull up the roster for the Pelicans, yeah. and they tell, they'll show you what their contracted salary is. Mm-hmm. Jose Alvarado, $1.8 million this year. Yep. That's it. Uh, you look at EJ Liddell, who's one of our forwards, $1.8 million. Najee Marshall, $1.9 million. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, $1.9 million. Matt Ryans, of course, they don't show his. Yeah, because he's uh, on a two-way deal. He's not even on oh, the full yeah, team. That's right. That's right. So, I mean, there are some guys that are, are making more. Dyson Daniels is 5.7 mil. Brandon Ingram is only at 33.8 only $33 million. million, you know. Herbert Jones, a little over 12 million. C.J. McCollum at 35.8 35, million. 35, that's not much at all. So, those guys don't need the money as much as, I know you want to know, Zion Williamson over 34 million. Yep. Um, so, yeah, those guys don't need it as much, but. Jose Alvarado would like that money. And here's my point in all this, because we obviously know it matters, but we're playing the Lakers, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think you got to think about for these lower-level players, right? Mm -hmm. If I were to take home, let's just remove the taxes, $350,000 in the agent fees, um, that in Louisiana will get you a nice house in a nice neighborhood and maybe a car. If you're in California, Los Angeles, what you getting over there with that? You getting a one bedroom studio apartment? Maybe a, a avocado toast. Uh, you know, uh, you might even get to take the train if you're Ooh. lucky. I know on the Stop premium it. seats. Wow, but that's that's what I think is going to be part of the motivation here is that there is a element to this that matters, and it's giving the opportunity for the lower-level players to play hard for the sake of playing hard. You saw this during the group stage. Teams were trying to 
not lay up. They were actively scoring deep into the fourth quarter oh, with yeah. leads to get their point differential up to get ahead and get in those standings to make it into the final knockout rounds. This has been overall, I believe, a success for the league. You look at what people think about when it's NBA basketball before Christmas. Usually it's like, oh, that's on, but I'm not watching that. That doesn't matter. I see people tuning in. We're talking about it right now. Here we are. This is an opportunity for the league to make a name against football. Drumming up interest. Interest, and not only that, I think fan support. I truly do. And in a city like New Orleans, with the struggles that's going on in the other building right there, it is helping a lot. It is a night, like Brett was saying earlier, a chance for you to hold on to something and just make it to maybe a promised land, be it a Pelicans playoff game, which Smoothie King Center is going to go absolutely crazy. Blender, oh, yeah. Blender's going to be ripping. Well, and, and I think it's a great thing that now you've got something that can help to generate a lot of interest in professional basketball in the New Orleans market. Yes. Because uh, the, the contract that the Pels have with Valley Sports – is about to, to expire. Oh, yes. So was excited to find out that they announced that they're in discussions with Fox 8 to show 10 of their games this season on their network. Over the air. Over the air. To gauge what kind of excitement there is, what kind of... Like, Fox 8 right now, Fox, period, has WWE's SmackDown on Friday Correct. Night. But they're going to lose that. They're, lo- they're not renewing that contract in yeah. 2024. I want to say that uh, they're going back to USA or, or some something other like network. that. Yeah, they're looking for something else to put in that time slot. And what better than if you can get two or three games in the twenty four twenty five season? Yep. A week from October to March April. Yeah, get those get those advertising revenues back. I mean, if you could put a Saints game on every week for six months, exactly, you'd do it. In a heartbeat. Oh yeah. So for to have the 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 fan interaction, not interaction, fan interest. Yes. Peaked right now, and in a way that now you're making the product more available to people in the market, particularly to win win. And and I'll get into that because this is I'm gonna get on my soapbox. I wore the Pelicans hoodie on purpose tonight. There's a message to be said. There's a message to be said for all of the fan base. We have been seeing this battle for years. It was originally CST. You couldn't get it on certain cable plans. Mm -hmm. Then you went to Fox Sports New Orleans, and you thought you saved it all. You got Joel on the call, great upgrade. You got uh, eventually Antonio Daniels, who's become a household name for Pelicans fans, deeply ingrained with the culture, always shouting out some of the pages like us who are just trying to strum up fan support absolutely wonderful member of the team and the media not to mention their contracts are held by the pelicans not valley sports important thing to know here but what we have is now an even more unique thing is you have valley sports which a lot of people say oh it's just where the game's on you know no big deal but you've alienated your streaming market i don't know if you've noticed that there's going to be more cord cutters and there will be cable subscribers starting next year Mm mm-hmm what are we doing with that at this point? What what? And this is why I say that is because Bally Sinclair Media, for those of you who stream, you know exactly what this is, is now facing bankruptcy. And they are basically not going to fight very hard on these regional sports contracts that they have. And this is the time where teams are starting to decide. The Utah Jazz, who stole our name, 
Uh, we sold it to him when we the, sold when it the to team him. left. Let's call it that. Made a little money off it. Um, <laughs> because because Utah they, Mormons is just weird. Yeah, they love jazz. The Utah oh. salt miners. There's, there's lots of jazz in Utah. Uh, flat racers. We love Utahians here. And we know you do. Uh, but the, what the they Utes. did was they, the Utes. they've made their whole streaming platform all in-house. Nothing leaves the building. So, like, you, for instance, may be a part of that team that runs an in-house, in-game television broadcast. And if the Pelicans go through Fox 8, let's not forget who has a large stake in Fox 8, Miss Gail Benson, decide, hey, we've done this for the Saints. We see our regional works great for preseason. And they say, let's just expand that. And you get the same regional footprint the Saints get for preseason on every single regular season game. Every single restaurant in Baton Rouge. Every single restaurant in Lafayette. Every single restaurant in Shreveport. You got to watch out Shreveport. They take all the Dallas money and they just pump it in. But if you start flipping them back to New Orleans, you have a great opportunity to expand the fan base up. Oh, by the way, did you know that Fox 8's parent company happens to own one of the news stations in Birmingham? Who happens to be where your G League Birmingham Squadron. That's right. So if you could now watch Pelicans games with the Squadron game, you go to Squadron game, come home, watch Pelicans game. That's what I think really would take the Pelicans from just kind of a city team, as I like to call them. You get some people in Baton Rouge wearing Pell's gear. You get some people in, you know, Lafayette, but it's not really the culture there. Yep. If you could make that regional like the Saints is, you're going to see a whole new wave and a whole new, I think, life for the Pelicans, particularly yeah, if it's with a winning team. They should rename themselves to the Sinners. That way you could have the Saints and the Sinners. There's a lot of stories about that, and I don't have time to tell them. Amen. Uh, and then – Moving on, because we are going to predict the uh, yeah the, the Pell's Lakers tournament game. game, and we'll get to so that. So we'll get to that here in just a little bit. Finally, LSU Lady Tigers Angel Reese did finally return to yes. the team, uh, as we suspected last week. And that a big she win would. in that. Yeah, indeed. Why was she gone? Who knows? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody said anything. The world may never know. Uh, but. She's back, and that's all that really yep. matters. And seemingly as suspicious, as soon as Angel returns, Kim Mulgay announced last Wednesday that, that Kateri Poole, she's not with the team. Uh, it was an all-too-eerily similar story to the Angel oh. Reese saga. She didn't go to the Caymans with the team. She was with the team, but didn't play against Kent State. Coach Mulkey called that a coach's decision. We've heard that before. Uh, yeah. No timeline has been given for her return, and I think at this point reporters know better than to keep asking what the story is because Coach Mulkey's not going to say anything. Just got to wait till the DVD releases from championship. Yeah, you're right. Lady Tigers next action December 10th in the PMAC against ULL, and we will be predicting that game Absolutely. well. I think that one's going to get pretty out of hand. Before we get to the predictions, we got to look back. Are we just about ready to get there? I think let's go and do it. All right. First and foremost, before we do that, no self-respecting sports fan likes to play on ugly turf, which is why I and so many others trust my lawn care to Fleur de Green Lawn and Landscaping. Chris and the crew at Fleur de Green do so much more than mow lawns, which I can tell you from firsthand experience that they do do well. But they can also help with landscaping, installation, plant and garden maintenance, drainage, irrigation installs and repairs, pavestone patios, fences, and much, much more. For examples of their work, check them out on Facebook at Fleur de Green Lawn and Landscape. Or for more information, call Fleur de Green at 504-240-8044. You can also email fdglandscape at gmail.com. 
Tell them David Storm sent you Florida Green Lawn and Landscape. They love what they do. You will too. I do. And, of course, if you thought we missed it, there's no way we did. We want to thank Tommy Talley, the folks here at Echo Tango. Whoop, We're whoop. home in the studio, enjoying it as always. They did a little bit of reshuffling in here. I got a little more room to kick out now. It's very comfortable. But what's more comfortable is having a quality team that you're working with, and that's what this lovely space represents for us. And working with the team at Echo Tango here, they make sure we have everything ready to go as we need it for every show, and we couldn't be more thankful to them. A big shout-out as they're one of the major supporters here on the Boot Sports Network. Thanks, Tommy, and the Echo Tally. Echo Tally. <laughs> Echo Tango crew. Scoozes. All right. Time to look back. Looking back. We did say everybody was going to get a ding this week. Let's see who gets what dings. The first game we predicted, LSU versus Virginia Tech. Ladies basketball. Brett did not predict any basketball games. Uh, so this was just between you and I. Yes. You said LSU was going to win in a high-scoring game, ninety-two to seventy-seven. I said LSU was going to win eighty-two to seventy-four. The final LSU wins—a surprise to no one. Eighty-two, hit that one down yep. on, to sixty-four. I was ten off. You were twenty-three off. So I get uh, ding one. Latech versus Nichols. Men's basketball. This was a big one here. If you haven't checked yet, look at the net ratings here in the NCAA. They just came out for the first time this week. La Tech, they're going to be a powerhouse ranked in the top 45 in the nation, along with McNeese, who we're going to be predicting this week. So we've got La Tech this week, but we don't have McNeese We don't have McNeese this, this week. I apologize. They're 30th. Will Wade is now off his ban Watch what the Cowboys are doing because the bandits over there in, La- in Lake Charles are about to run things. But La Tech is, they are whooping that tail. Absolutely. Now, you thought it was going to be a much higher scoring, closer game. I did. You said 88 did. to 84. The final was 68 55. You were off by almost 50 points, 49 will, in that one. We will adjust the basketball prediction. <laughs> I said 75 to 54. I was off by one on Nichols. I was off by seven for La Tech, eight total. So I get two dings. Got to uh, be, be insider information. Two, yeah, right, because yeah. college basketball, inside yeah. information. Uh, if you wanted to claim inside information, then Pell Spurs. Yes. That would be the one that I would be most likely to have inside information on. 121 to 106 was the final. I said 121 to 93. Look at me hitting that Pell score dead on. Dead on. How about that? But you know what's funny is you hit the Spurs score dead on. Hey. So the uh, the final, 121, 106. I said 121 to 93. You said 113, 106. You were off by eight. Congrats. You get the ding Thank on you. that one. Thank you. This is when Brett decided to join us. Tulane versus SMU in the AAC Championship. Uh, I was out of this one because I picked Tulane, and I was mm. off by points anyway. That's, that's a shame. You guys, 26 to 14 was the final. Yes. Donald, you said 27 to 22. Very close. Very close. But Brett one dollared you. He prices right at you. He said 27, 21. Mm. And because of that, he was off by eight. You were off by nine. Brett stole the ding on that one. Wasn't quite able to do it. Saints-Lions, final 33-28, as we discussed. Donald, you were out. You thought the Saints were going to win that one, 30-21. I had false hope, and I have been punished for it. Which is a sad shame, because as far as actual point differentials went, you were closer. Yeah. it was. You were off by 10. 
Brett was off by 23. He said Detroit 21-17. I said 24-16. I was off by 21, so I catch the ding on that one. Three to one to one. Final game, Zydeco's Seawolves from Friday. We established that was five to one. Yeah. And I feel as though I owe you an apology. Mm. Uh I said I said the Seawolves were going to win. So I was I was wrong by team. Yeah. Uh then you said the Zydeco was going to win 5 to 3 and I think I laughed at you. And there was no a way bit of chuckling going on. There was no way the Zydeco was going to score 5 on the Seawolves and then they did. Uh Brett thought they were going to get 6, which I laughed at even harder. Mm. That did not happen, but close. Brett said 6-3, he was off by 3 points. You said 5 to 3, you were off by 2. You get the final ding of the week. Ding, so ding, ding. 3 Two to one, everybody gets a ding. The overalls, I am still sitting at 44 of 83. Donald, you're at 29 of 83. Brett, you are 13 of 49. Struggle we'll, is progressing. We'll work on the uh, percentages. All right, it's time to look ahead. Uh, we've got another six games on the docket to predict. And, of course, a first yes. here on the channel. The first America's game. We asked you who you thought it was. And if you said anything other than Army versus Navy, you were wrong. It is Army versus Navy. A I rivalry. Was ever game Dallas plays this week. <laughs> Stay over there. Uh, Army and Navy is truly America's game. Yes. Truly. Uh, it is a rivalry more heated than LSU Tulane back in its heyday. Mm-hmm. The Army Black Knights finished their season against the Navy Midshipmen in Gillette Stadium in Massachusetts. This technically does not fall under the umbrella of boot sports. However, we do appreciate all of our servicemen and women across all branches. So out of respect, we do include it in this week's lineup. Besides that, Army has six players on their active roster from the boot. About half of those from right here in the capital city. Navy has two, both from Baton Rouge. How about that? So... We can, we can call it boot sports. Uh, both teams are 6-5 and five entering this contest. Neither squad has had tons of success this year. Hence, Army being favored by three with an mm. over-under under 30. <laughs> 27 and a half. Not going to be a high-scoring game, they think. While we haven't really seen anything from Navy this year, we did get a look at Army when LSU conquered them 62 to nothing in Death Valley. That's probably not the best measure for comparison. Mm. The only common opponent has been Air Force, who spent some time towards the bottom of the top 25 this year. On November 4th, Army beat Air Force 23-3, to whereas on October 21st, Navy would fall 17-6 to to Air Force. This is really about branch bragging rights, and this year Army can claim military football superiority, and they're expected to do so. Stats point to it. Books point to it. That's why we play the games, That's friends. Right. Unless you're Florida State. Yeah, no, you can't play. You no. can well, you can play, but it it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't. Really. You don't pass the eye test. By the way, we think it's a travesty, and we're with you, Florida State. At least I am. Um. All right, you want me to go first? You want to go first? Brett, you in on this? It's Brett, football you go for first. crying out loud. Um, it is going to be twenty-two to fourteen, Army. Y'all may not know this, but I am the first man, with the exception of my father, to not. Be in the Army in my family going back a many, many years. The Army is the better branch than the Navy. They have the helicopters. They have the tanks. What kid plays, oh, I'm going to be a sailor? No, they're all like, I'm going to be in this tank. Vroom, vroom, poom, poom. And I bring this up. G.I. Joe, 
Boom, boom. Where's the army? Boom, boom. Like, 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 like let's be honest here. They call them green Skate. army men, not Drip. green navy Drip. men. Splash okay? water. Skate. So, vroom, go vroom. army, beat navy, and they will 22 to 14. All right. All right. You want to go you want me to go? I'll go. And, and look, as, as much as I have to agree with producer Brett on most aspects, uh, I'm going to do it again. You, do you agree I'm with the vroom, vroom, poom, poom aspect? No comment on that, but we'll we'll review it later. Um, look, I, I have to do what I have to do here. This game is not one where you score the ball. This is where you outwill your opponent. You dig deep into your core. You find the reserve, the true heroics, the warrior spirit that is led in all of the cadets Ooh, of the respected academies. And this is where we'll see it this week. I am a man who respects the power of the over currently at 30. Sorry, 27 and a half. We are moving down quickly on that. Yep, 27 um, and a half. Man, that is hard to mm, – I, I, I'm going to go with the over because, you know, you, it's life too short to bet we're not that other channel. Um, look, I have Army in this one, 21, Navy, 10. Just getting that over late in the game. But, okay. You know – I, I'll take the Black Knights. They're moving into the same conference as uh, Navy next year. That's going to be a little bit weird because it won't be a conference game. The Army-Navy game will be non-conference, played the same weekend as always. However, if they are both in the running for conference championship, they will play back-to-back weeks, and you will get back-to-back Army-Navy. Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be amazing. Yep. I uh, I like how this goes. We're all picking Army. Yes. Brett said Army's going to score 22. Right. You said Army's going to score 21. I think Army's going to score 20. I'm taking the under in this. <laughs> I'm totally taking the under in You're this. taking the under. Navy's not good. They're not. And Army, they've shown flashes of good. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to football, we've also seen how bad they can be. I'm taking Army 20 to 6. Mm. Low scoring game. Mm-mm-mm. Navy's not even going to find the end zone. Wow. It's going to be field goals. I didn't know Dennis Allen was coaching. Stop it. Too soon? Too soon? Yeah, it's too soon. If if anyone ever uh, of our listeners goes to Atlanta for any reason, stop by the College Football Hall of Fame. There they have the trophy that is given out to the Army or Navy after the respective game. I will put a graphic up here. It might be one of the single most badass things I've ever seen. Huh. It, It is awesome. Very respected. All right. Game two, Louisiana Tech versus ULL men's basketball. You're out on this one, Brett. You don't do basketball I predictions? I do basketball. Sad. All right. The Bulldogs, as we talked about earlier, they balling, y'all. Yes, they are. They're currently 7-2 and two this season, unbeaten at home. They get a chance to extend that streak against the visiting 5-3 and three Raging Cajuns, who haven't won a road game this year. Both squads have shown an ability to put points on the board, but UL's games have been much closer with three of their last five being decided by 10 or less. Tech has played some close games too, but that 105-65 to beatdown on Dillard around Thanksgiving tells me all I need to know about this team. Mm. I'm saying give me the dogs in this one to remain undefeated at home. Tech, 83-71. So I talk a lot about protecting particularly the sports, the team, and the city that each of these wonderful teams, when we talk about these interstate matchups, are in. We haven't talked a lot about Ruston yet this year. Um, Up there, I-20, southern Arkansas, you might have missed it. You didn't yet cross the border. But look, 
Ruston, Louisiana has a special place in my heart, but it will probably irk the heart of most of you Louisianians listening. Ruston, for me, had a special place in my heart because a very special thing came to Ruston before anywhere else in this state. That was the first Zaxby's in the state of Louisiana. <laughs> now, because... Zaxby's has the best sauce? Because I travel... I am not as much of a terrible man as producer Brett with his Georgia upbringings as a young man, adolescent, if you call it that. His Utah Mormon lifestyle. That too. Um, <laughs> look, I like the chicken. I like the fries. I've worked for Todd Graves many years. We go the, back. The chips at Zaxby's slap. They they. they <laughs> circulate on and off the menu, but if you've ever had the, the kettle chips... But little did slapping. you know, do you know the second city that had a Zaxby's in Louisiana? Lafayette. So, we're going to call this the Zax Bowl. <laughs> okay. 2 p.m. kickoff up there in Ruston. A tip-off. Even better, because the dogs are going to tip this one out of balance late. I have them winning... I'm going to be respectful of my last week prediction, 77 to 61. All right. I dig it. I like it. Moving on. Game three, Tulane at Mississippi State. Also men's best kickle ball. So Brett's out of this one. Tulane Green Wave, they're playing some outstanding basketball right now. They're 6-1. Their only loss is an 80-77 to 77 defeat against Bradley. Bradley? This is why we love college basketball. 340 D1 schools. Bradley? You never know who's going to come and beat you. Bradley. Is that named after Omar Bradley, maybe? Question? Don't mm-hmm. know. I didn't know there was a Bradley until I just said it. Uh, they've won some close ones. They've had some statement wins, like a 92-57 to dub over Sacramento State. But now... Mm-hmm. The Wave traveled to Atlanta to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Let me repeat that. The Wave now traveled to, to Atlanta. Atlanta to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh, the Dogs are currently 6-2 and two in the midst of a two-game losing streak. How'd that happen? Is Tulane catching them in an implosion? Look, Mississippi State, if you follow the Boot Sports Network, you know why they lost. You know why they're no longer ranked in the top 25. They lost... To Baton Rouge's own Southern Jaguars. At home, in the hump, it made no sense. But look, you had a strong-willed Southern team with one win on the year who also came in on the road upset. They were negative 21 uh, dogs last time uh, to UNLV. Beat them there. Then they go over to Mississippi State. Again, huge underdogs on the road. And they say, you know what? Today we're going to get a win. And, and they did. And, and, and they <laughs> Mississippi State has the balls to claim they own Mardi Gras. That's USA. Yeah, that's South Alabama. Yeah, Stark Vegas is not quite that big of a party, but I'm sure they like it, but not as much as they liked not scoring the ball for the last four and a half minutes as your Southern Jaguars held them down. And it proved to me one thing. Mississippi State had an injured player who's now probably going to return for this two-lane game. I, I love Tulane. I love what they're doing with the basketball program. This is not their day, and it's really not going to be their day. I have Mississippi State winning this 82-60. to 82-60. Big time over there in Atlanta. So you are jumping on board with the ESPN matchup predictor that gives Mississippi State a 66% chance You'd of catching the dub. You'd be absolutely correct. 
Before this two-game skid, Mississippi State spent some time towards the bottom of the top 25. They've fallen off, as we discussed. I think Tulane's going to catch the dog slipping. They're going to run away with a close one. Mm. I'm saying Tulane 77-71. All right, we'll see. We will. We We shall see. Brett, you're not doing LSU ladies basketball either? I don't know anything about basketball. It'd be unwise for me to predict. It's just you don't know anything about football, but you've been just, predicting that all season. I, I listen, sir. I I was a uh, <laughs> considered coach for a football team. So, all right, fine. LSU UL ladies basketball twelve ten. Kim Mulkey's Lady Tigers play host to the UL Raging Cajuns on the tenth. And why are we even analyzing this game? Really? Well, I think what we can analyze, and I'll go ahead and predict first. You see, you're saying UL Raging Cajuns, but what you're forgetting is that it takes two L's to be a Raging Cajun. One for the <laughs> University of Louisiana, one for the loss they're taking to Kim Mulkey's Tigers. I don't see why Kim Mulkey says, I'm just going to go ahead and have fun this game. I have the Lady Tigers winning 101 to 64. 101. Jeez, wait till you hear my prediction. 101-64 LSU. So, this is going to be a squash match. I think we both know it. Yep. It's going to be an obliteration. Mm-hmm. We both are picking the same point differential. Oh, is that true? It is true. We are both picking uh, LSU to win by, that's 37. Huh. I just don't think the game is going to be as high scoring. You said 101-64. I said I 91-54. Okay, I guess we'll go to double tiebreaker rules. On that <laughs> well, well, no, I mean it's if they score if if the game scores lower than ninety one fifty four, then I'm closer. If it's yeah, if it's if it's one hundred one to sixty four, better than you. I think the, we'll be all right. The math is going to do what the math has. to I just do. think it's funny that you were like oh one and four, and I'm like one and four tying on the score or whatever. Y'all should have a plastic lightsaber fight, and winner goes to sports. <laughs> However, that gets judged. Okay. Well, well, I, I, well, well, it's easy to judge. If you get hit in the arm, you can't use the arm. If you get hit in the chest, then you're dead. You're out. Oh, you we're playing Monty Python rules. Use the leg. Yeah, yeah. All right. I didn't need that leg. It is but a flesh wound. Speaking of which, 9 p.m. tonight. It'll be too late when you're watching this, but it's back in theaters. <laughs> How about that? All right. Game five: Pels versus Lakers. Big one. The semifinals of the in-season tournament Thursday night from Las Vegas. The third seed, New Orleans Pelicans, take on the first seed in the West. LeBron, LeBrow, we talked about it. If the Pels win here, they face the winner of the Bucks and Pacers for the tournament title on Saturday night. When they're healthy, the Pels have proven they can run with anybody. Yes. Upsetting the two-seed Sacramento 127-117. to So far this season, the Pels are 12-10. and The Lakers are 13-9. and Both squads relatively evenly matched. So much so that the lines on this basketball game... The Lakers are currently favored mm. by one and a half. Wow. One and a half points in a basketball game? It's not a real line. That's splitting hairs. Yes, it is. That That's not a real line. Over under in this, 230 and a half. Mm. They see this one. Getting up there. Getting up there. That's high scoring. If If they were to get it dead on, two point difference, you're talking about. 118, no, you're talking, you're talking 116, 114. Yeah. That's bananas, but not out of the realm of possibility. No, not at all. Uh, 
Pelicans newly acquired sharpshooter Matt Ryan. He was day-to-day earlier today, but he is out now. Mm. Uh, that is a, a new development that we just checked on uh, earlier when we were doing our full-court press. He's out. Larry Nance remains out with a right rib fracture, but otherwise the rest of the gang is all in in Vegas, and they're looking to send the Lakers packing. I think they can. Oh. I'm picking the Pels in this one, in a close one, 111-107. I like where you're going with that. I do like where you're going with that. Let's let's look at this Pelican squad. If you're new to Pelicans basketball, you're a big-time football fan like producer Brett, you don't pay too much attention. Willie Green, your head coach, is a defensive fan. Big guy on that. Played as a role player the majority of his career. He always had the ability to go into a game and have an impact. And that's what he instills in a lot of his players. You see that in some of his starters like Herb Jones. He's going to be proving to you again why he is not on Herb, Herb Jones. And he's going to primarily end up guarding a lot of LeBron James in this game. Willie Green has had the audacity to use him guarding centers recently as he is a traditional what many would consider a shooting guard, maybe a small forward. And Willie Green only had an eight-man rotation in the game against Sacramento, which is akin to how he would normally run a playoff game or any elimination game for that matter. He keeps it tight. He goes with who he can trust. You didn't see Jordan Hawkins in that game, first game all year. You barely saw Dyson Daniels. Really not his role so far this year. What you're seeing now is the Pelicans starting depth returning. You're also seeing them utilizing their players that they trust the most. So when I look at who Willie Green trusts the most, it's pretty high. It's Herb Jones. It's Zion, Brandon Ingram. And you also get this guy named Trey Murphy who just came back if you missed that. He is going to be a major contributor in this game as he is someone who can sort of compete against that raw athleticism you see with LeBron and AD. I see the Pelicans playing this one very hard, and it's probably going to be maybe them even trailing going into the fourth quarter. However, I can't find a way how you end up having LeBron, AD, everyone on the Lakers squad be able to keep up with the pace of this young Pelicans roster. There are a lot of aging bodies on that Lakers team. They do not particularly do well in certain types of games. The Pelicans play a game they do not like. If you look and see some of the last games at the Smoothie King Center, we're going to exclude the ones in L.A. We're going to exclude the ones in L.A. We're just going to look at the ones in Smoothie King Center. It's pretty pretty solid, consistent play against that version of a Lakers team and this version of a Pelicans team. I have them winning. I have them at 117 to 108. Ooh, we close. Pretty close. I like pretty it. Pretty close. I like it. All right, last game of the week. Last game of the Saints week. Saints-Panthers. Brett, you back in on this one? I'm going to go ahead and say the Saints are going to lose to the Panthers. Oh, my God. Why did you wake up and choose violence? Just wants well, to see the whole world burn. Some it, people just want to see the world the, burn. From what y'all sent to the chat, it seems like the Saints. I, I'm not, I don't even mean this as insult as a dumpster fire right now. Um, and People have said that word. And I have not said that word. Not him, but people. And y'all are using the used car. I think the car. state of football is I, – I have never said anything about a used car. You haven't. <laughs> I have. I have – I would like to go on record as saying that I have tried to keep it as objective as possible. I think – I have I, said that I, the I state myself, of football in, in New Orleans – Personally, myself, I'm out the car. I'm not in the car anymore. I've gotten out the car, and the car is parked in the driveway. Look, I got to get where I'm going. 
And yep. and that's the transportation that I've been provided. It might it. not be the nicest ride, but I'm going to ride it until I get where I'm going. Um, we'll see what so we'll see what car they send me in next time. I think the Saints are going to get a very good very good. They're going to try their best because they're hoping for the playoffs and certain coaches are hoping for their jobs. This is a good and chat GPT response. Thank you for that. So, I bring this up because I don't think hopes make games. Mm. The triumph of the will is a flawed ideology. Okay. Um, and so I'm going to say 17-21 Panthers. Okay. Not unrealistic. That was pretty close to the first game, which was 2017. That's true. It absolutely was. Brett jumped in with a prediction before I even got into the analysis like he does. Uh, as I said earlier, this game could either not have come at a better time or a worse time, depending mm. on the outcome. The Saints host the one-win Panthers this Sunday, and the fans need something to cheer about. I really need to start waiting for the analysis. I did not realize they were a one-win team. Oh, that you thought correct. the Saints were a dumpster fire. That is the, the super Panthers, dumpster fire. The Panthers fired actually their fired their coach already. No takesies-backsies. <laughs> you know, Panthers, I, I'm hoping good things. Do you, you, you want to cha- change wait, your wait, prediction? Wait. Brett, what city are the Panthers in? South Carolina? Close First enough. of all, that's a state, but okay. <laughs> I know it's a state, but I don't know what city. He's not. I mean, what what cities super are there in South Carolina? Yeah. Like, I know they border Augusta, Georgia. Oh, I only know that because of the, the G.I. Joe is, convention where I actually drove Carolina into Carolina Panthers. They do that because they're nice. They're actually in North Carolina. Yeah, they play in Charlotte, do which they is not? Which is on the border. So you, you technically win. You Char- get a you Charlotte, get a I knew that. Yeah, they play in Charlotte, North Carolina. Carolina. Like like our fan Charlotte Hall, shout out to her. But, I got um, I got to do that. This saw week. how we saw we lined it up. That was good. Stuff. You know what? I say they still lose. All right. I, I, I want to change the score though. Can I change the no, score? No. What do you want to change the score to? I, I think it's going to be more of a low scoring game. Okay. Okay. More low scoring than. <laughs> this is this is your final answer. Actually, no. I'm gonna go with my first. Okay. Good fantastic. Good man. Ah. In the last five games, the Panthers have struggled to put points on the board. Their highest point total in their last six games was last week against Tampa Bay with 18. So hopefully our defense will have some fun with that. When the Saints went to Carolina earlier this year, we snuck out with a 2017 victory and had Bryce Young so confused he was lining up under the wrong guys. I would love to see that again. The Saints are favored by five, but if you're going to swing the fans back on your side, the Saints really need a decisive blowout win against a very bad team here. What complicates things is that they are a division rival. Those games are usually very, very, very close. And God forbid, should the Saints somehow lose this game, I don't even want to imagine Mm-mm. what the professional football climate in Louisiana is going to be next week. Yep. You want to go or you want me to go? I want you to go. I think New Orleans, as I said earlier, it's a must-win game. You have to be in the building for it. it. I, I, I no will be. What yeah, happens? You got to be there. I, yes, I will be there. You got to no be there what. till the final zeros. It is a must-win game, not in the cliche way. Yeah. In the actual definitions of the words, it is a must-win game. If you do not beat the Panthers in front of your home crowd, as poorly as they're playing. Oh, I know. 
Oh, no I'll coach. tell you what. No coach, by the way. I tell you what, you're gonna want the coaches. The coaches will be begging for helmets. Oh yeah. Because I can't even I'm not endorsing that anybody like we say, I'll say it, in the, the fan in the fan code of conduct, we tell you not to throw things but on the, the field. But the walk back to don't the locker throw, room is don't going throw to things be quite, on the field. Uh, quite heavy. I am I am afraid for Dennis Allen this week if he loses. Not because he's going to be attacked by fans no, or anything like that. No. The outcry is going to be so bad that if, if, if the Saints are thinking about letting Dennis Allen go at the end of this season, which, be it or not, you it's, know, it's, it's a business. It's a football thing. If it happens, it happens. If it don't, it don't. I know the Allen family. We, we like I would, the person. I, I, yep. I have nothing but love for that family, and whatever is next in their chapter in life, I wish them nothing but the best. I, if Dennis Allen can't find a win in this game, he might not finish the season. The public outcry would be so loud, so undeniable. I think Mickey Loomis's hands would be tied, and that's the thing. I think this. And I know the Saints structure. I know the Saints team. I get it. I've watched it. This is getting to the point, and this is someone who watched the Pelicans collapse through the Dell Demps era. This is getting to the point, obviously much different circumstances, to where I could see, and I'm going to mention the names, Dennis and Miss Benson have to sit up there and think, what are we doing as an organization? Because... We saw other teams come into the stadium last week. If you start seeing those brown paper bags show up again, that's a that's a no-go. Yep. That was an era that was abolished. That was an era that is a long-forgotten memory. But if you lose the Panthers, that next home game, because the Saints are on a three-game homestand, don't forget to buy your tickets, you're going to see paper bags. Um, like I just got business. emailed by the Saints literally as we're talking about the injury report that oh, come God. out earlier, or is this new breaking off the press? Brett, what do you have? I don't know. What do you, what so, do you have? so we have Isaiah Foskey. We have 15 Fosky. players injured, Fosky, yes. uh, including Taysom Hill, Isaiah Foskey, Cameron Jordan, Marcus yep. May, yep. Kendry Miller, Malcolm Roach, Rashid Shahid, Derek Carr, Jimmy Graham, Juwan Johnson, Eric McCoy, Andrus, Pete, Ryan, Ramchek, Ramchek, Pete Werner, and Blake Groupie. So, as we set the table one last time for this prediction, who you got this week, Dave? New Orleans, 30-13, to because they have to. That's a beautiful prediction. I do not agree. <laughs> Didn't think you would. As much as it pains me, it also pleasures me. I have taken the keys off the rack that I thought were left from a far-gone era. I have sat in the seat, and unless I see an Atlanta loss and a Saints victory this week, we're cranking the engine. I'm sitting in the tank, but we haven't gotten it going yet. I think we have a Blake Groupie field goal to save the day. For who, I don't know. But to save the day, I have the Saints winning this one 27-24. Not unrealistic. As much as I think that will 
create absolute turmoil and uh, great conversation. It'll great definitely, conversation. It'll definitely be great conversation. So uh, make sure that y'all are back with us next week as we dial back into that and see how everything played out. And pop confetti because Jane Daniels win the Heisman this week. Yeah, he is. Uh, now, because we did not live stream, you guys didn't get a chance to interact with us uh, as we did the show like we do sometimes. Yep. So do me a favor. If you're watching the show, if you've got comments, if you've got predictions, go ahead and put them in the comments section wherever you are watching or listening. Uh, we definitely want you guys to uh, to feel free to interact with us. We love it when you do. Absolutely. You can watch and interact with us on YouTube. You can also take the audio-only version of this podcast with you wherever you go on services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. The easiest thing to remember, and tell all your friends, is BootsportsNetwork.com. That's your front row VIP ticket to Boots to Balls. And all things boot sports. That's where you can leave those comments, questions, predictions, and you can find us in your preferred podcast arenas. No matter where or how you listen, make sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Also, don't forget to follow us on all your favorite social media channels. They are all right here in the ticker below. And, uh, of course, as Donald alluded to earlier, we are on TikTok with uh, new content coming out periodically there as well. On behalf of Reducer Press, wait, 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 oh, wait, 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 wait. For, for you long-term listeners, if, if you've made it through the whole show, that's right. Prove it to treat. us by commenting the, your answer to this question: Who would you rather coach the Saints the rest of the season? Their current coach, Dennis Allen, or me, Brett Robles? Oh, sweet Jesus! He's so proud. I'll take Pete Carmichael over you. Ooh, that's <laughs> that'll get the fan base going. <laughs> <laughs> Not as fast as you're going to be going to like and subscribe here. Not only wherever you're watching this show, but for Grimber, get your friends to do it too. Like, subscribe, <laughs> click the bell, do it. We know where you live. We Ring are, the bell. We are forced by the algorithm, and we thank you so much. You guys have a great Boot Sports weekend. On behalf of producer Brett, Donald Dunn, myself, David Storm, we look forward to seeing you next time right here for another coverage outkicking episode of... Boots to Balls. Boots to Balls is for entertainment purposes only. This podcast does not render legal or financial advice. Remember to bet responsibly. And if you or anyone you know is struggling with problem gambling, reach out to your local gambling helpline.